right, Sportsblog New York podcast, NBA Outsiders, Western Conference Over-Unders edition. You just heard the Eastern Conference Over-Under podcast on Friday. Welcome to a new week. It's Monday. We are one day away from the start of the NBA opening night. I cannot wait. And what better way to start it than our second Over-Under podcast in the last four days. We just rocked the Eastern Conference. It's now time to rock the Western Conference. And my co-host here with me, the NBA Outsiders, again, Back, back Frank, in studio, dude. Back in studio, Frank Villani. What's up, dog? What's poppin', Petey? JLD, John Lucas Duffy. What's good with my guy on the other side of the room? What up, what up, PD? Way to turn your mic on, just in time <laughs> for you to start talking. I like it very much. All right, so you just heard the Eastern Conference. Uh, we rolled through it. We talked about every single team in the East. Now it's time to talk about the real conference, the the the, te- the conference with like just stacked amount of teams. I mean, there are twelve maybe 13 teams in this Western Conference. That should be locks if they were in the East to make the playoffs. (laughs) That's what we're working with here. With that being said, there's no other way to start this off than to get right freaking into it. So let's talk about the first team in the alphabetical order in the Western Conference. It is the Dallas Mavericks. They are set just under 500 at 40 and a half wins. Frank, as our winner from last year, you started off the Eastern Podcast. Start us off on the Western Podcast, our reigning over-under champion, over-under 40-and-a-half Dallas Mavericks. Wow, this one really tugs at the heartstrings. You got to give me the hard one first. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that, but now I'm happy that you're hurting. Yeah, I'm hurting. <laughs> uh, love that cap space we got back, though. It's great. <laughs> really, put, really put it to good use. And those picks that yeah. don't mean anything quite yet. You know, we'll see. And Dennis Smith Jr.? Yeah, that guy. And DeAndre Jordan. Who might lose the starting job to Alfred Payton. We talked about the East Conference on Friday. Let's get to or Saturday, whenever it was. Well let's get to the uh let's get to the topic at hand here. The uh Dallas Mavericks, forty and a half. <sighs> my heart is screaming, don't pick over, but my brain is telling me don't be a fucking idiot. So I'm not gonna be an idiot and I'm gonna take the over. Uh, everybody knows the potential talent between these European youngins. Um, it really, to me, it matters how healthy Porzingis can be. That's always really been the question around him, I guess. Because um, when he plays, he usually plays pretty well. I know he hasn't shot well in the preseason, but I'm not really worried about that either, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I'm going to hit the over. I'm just going to be logical about it and not get all of my feelings about it. I'm surprised, honestly. I I know you have the I'm heart. Growing, I'm growing up, dude. I know you have the heart thing, but I'm not even talking about that. I, I think forty and a half is a tough number here. And we're I just opened up this podcast by saying how deep the Western Conference is, how many good teams are in the Western Conference. I think the Mavericks are on the outside looking in of the playoffs, and they there easily could be three teams over five hundred that don't make the playoffs in. In the West, we've seen teams win like 46 games and not make the playoffs in the Western Conference. The Mavs easily could be one of those teams, but I do think depth will come back to bite them. If Porzingis is on load management, um, it's going to be Luka versus the world. And the rest of their team, I just don't I t- think. I take Luka. <laughs> it's a fair point. That dude is just so incredible. I can't stress how much I love watching him play basketball. He's an all-star this year. He's an MVP candidate in three years. He is insane. I love him. Watching him and Porzingis is going to be incredible. But the depth bites them in the butt. They're competitive. They fight all year long. They're going to be near 
the playoff um, fight, I think, but they're going to end up being a little bit too far um, outside of that. But they will be respected. They're on the trajectory to be better. Add depth, another year of Porzingis' health uh, on track, and I think they're 45, 46 wins next year. But this year, I'm going under on the Dallas Mavericks. So last year, they won 33 games. Their over-under was 34, I think. And I think I picked the over for them last year. I'm going to pick the under for them this year at at 40 wins. Right around 40 wins. 38, 39. I think they're going to be just shy. I think Porzingis is coming back. He's going to find his footing quickly, I think. But I worry about them defensively. I think they're not they, – they don't have great talent around the edges. They obviously have Luca Porzingis. Tim Hardaway is going to get buckets. I don't know what they're going to have on the defensive end with smaller guards like Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry, um, J.J. Barea. They do have Boban, but he's not really known as like a rim protector, defensive stopper. I I just worry about this team on defense. There's so much scoring. There's so much talent in the Western Conference. They're going to have to play the Rockets four times this year. Um, If they split with them, that'd be a win. Um, but I, I think this team will be an under. I think, again, it'll be a massive league pass team for everyone. I can't wait to watch Luka again. I can't wait for him to have someone so talented like Porzingis, and hopefully he buys in in this smaller market. He's not going to have the microscope on him at all times. He's not going to have that Phil Jackson you know, taint to him anymore. This, this is a market that wants him to do well. You can't root that taint, bro. <laughs> <laughs> When you said that, me and Frank just looked at each other, and I was just like, right across my brain went Phil Jackson's taint all over. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna be tainted by Phil Jackson. And now uh, that this is how you know that we're recording, because just be front here for uh, for you guys listening to the podcast here. A little inside baseball. We're recording this Wednesday night. It's almost Thursday morning. Uh, We don't get together in the same room as often as we should, based off where we live. We do a lot of our podcasts on discord online or skype whatever the hell you want to call it um we're in person right now and we're staying up late on a wednesday on a school night <laughs> we all have we all have to work tomorrow and we're up Don't here my boss midnight <laughs> yeah hope he doesn't listen to the pod wednesday night it's nah, midnight right now I want and all this this is what you get when you record a western conference over under podcast after doing an hour-long eastern over under podcast you get phil jackson's taint all over the pod <laughs> <laughs> This is it. We got to do it West Coast time for the West Coast pot. That's it. We're sitting here. Well, we're sitting here watching the third quarter of the the uh, Lakers versus the uh, Golden State Warriors preseason matchup. Yeah, that's that's our life in a nutshell. We're watching a preseason matchup at midnight while recording an over under podcast. Just to let you know what it was like about three and a half hours ago. Pete's dad walked downstairs and he goes, he's watching him, uh, sees him watching the Knicks game, and he's just like. Pete, what are you doing to yourself? Just let it go. You're you're only you're only welcoming pain into your life. Just let it go, Pete. Only if he wasn't asleep for the past three hours and walked in on us watching a forty point blowout preseason game at midnight. <laughs> All right, what's your pick for the maps? You said under. I got under. I think there's I got not- a close, close under. 
uh, Phil Jackson's taint and all, it's an under for me and an under for Duff on the Dallas Mavericks. It's obvious this team's going to be fun. They have a chance to shut me and Duff up and be better than 500 and go over 41 wins. Uh, Frank's on that. Possibly possibly flirt with the playoffs. Possibly flirt with the playoffs. We're not ruling that out, but if I were a betting man, which I may or may not be, I'm going under on that. But for the sake of time, let's move on to our next team uh, before this podcast gets truly off the rails uh, after midnight on a Thursday. Uh, Denver Nuggets are the next team in our alphabetical order here. 52.5, and, and similarly to, that I did to the Pistons, I'm going to come in real hot and just start this one off. It's an over, and it's a freaking lock. It's a lock. 52 and a half. Stop insulting my guys in Denver. This is the deepest team in the league. A, thro- a top th- uh, three MVP candidate, Nikola Jokic. Another year better for Jamal Murray, for Gary Harris. You add Jeremy Grant. What an amazing add for the Denver Nuggets. Wing defense, corner three ability. Paul Millsap still balling. Malik Beasley, Monty Morris, the best backup backcourt in the league. Denver Nuggets, lock it up, over, put your house on it, sell your car. It doesn't matter. It's an over. 52 and a half is an insult to the Denver Nuggets. Wow. I, I agree. I agree 100%. I'm, w- I'm with the over on this. They were quiet in a free agency, but guess what? Their greatest acquisition was Trump last season in Michael Porter Jr. He, they, they, this team has uh, an interesting issue where they just have too many guys. They got too many guys. They they have but, – but none of these guys I don't, I don't think are going to cause – sort of that that Celtics issue that we've seen out on the wing because no Jimmy these, Butler's on the Nuggets no Jimmy Butler's no you know Jalen Brown's no Gordon Hayward's no guys who are expecting to get more than than they really deserve and I think you know um Mike Mike Malone right Mike Mike Malone Mike is, Mike? Uh, Mike shout out Mike it is hump day um Mike Malone is going to do a great job managing these guys and I'm talking about like Tory Craig, Michael Porter Jr., um, Will Barton, uh, Malik Be- Malik Beasley, Malik Beasley, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Juancho Hernan Gomez. All right, yeah, sh- shout out. Um, and Jamal Murray, he just got that big extension. He just got that max that max money for the rookie, one hundred and seventy five million dollars. I think he's gonna live up. I-, I was low on this guy coming of the draft. Pete was real high. Loves to remind me of that. I'm just going to do it myself. Don't worry about it, Pete. I just gave you the old finger guns there to remind yeah, you. Shout out to just kill my hopes and dreams. Um, and I think Nikola Jokic, he, he's got a shot to win the MVP this year. Real, real shot. I think he's going to be top three in the MVP vote. I'm going to be short because you all kind of hit on everything, really. I just don't. You said a bunch of names. Did you say Paul Millsap? I did. All right, good. Because if you didn't, you guys, you guys <laughs> listening couldn't see that, but I squared up. <laughs> uh, over though, over, over. Oh, and that gives us our first yeet of the podcast. That was a little delay on the on the on the soundboard there, but our first yeet of the podcast, and we yeet when we all agree on the same uh, team. That's three overs for the Denver that means Nuggets. You fade us, and you pick the under, Hell and yeah. and that's what that means. And then you lose your money, and we laugh in your face. Ha! Next team we have in the Western Conference is the Golden State Warriors. This is not your uncle's Golden State Warriors. It's not your grandpa's Golden State Warriors. I guess that wouldn't make sense. You know what I'm trying to say. This is not your 10-year-old cousin's Golden State Warriors. That's what I was going for. That's exactly what I was going for. Uh, This Warriors team is different. We're watching them getting smoked in the preseason right now, but that's okay because it doesn't matter to them. Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, Clay. at some point, we uh, presume. 48.5 is actually a higher number than I expected, but I guess Vegas is giving the respect 
they probably assume public will still like that over. I I assume I don't know, but forty eight and a half is a high number. Frank, when you see that and the Warriors team, what do you think? I think if Clay Tom Clay Thompson's healthy the whole season, I probably say yes. I think with the it's kind of an unknown timetable, right? So it'll be, be All Star break. Yeah, for that later. for that reason specifically, I'm gonna go under. Um, I know that there were some questions before the season about like what this team was gonna do in regards to D'Lo, and I think keeping him is so obviously the right and easy answer. Um, we've seen combo point guards work in other systems before, and these are two guys who just naturally kind of play unselfishly. Uh, so I don't see it being a problem, and that really lends itself to how the way uh, basketball is trending, you know, more outside play, more three-point shots, yada, yada. So um, I'm going to go with under because they don't have clay, but this is still going to be a really good team, and if they can get into the swing of it by playoff time, they're a wagon. Easy. I'm going to go with the under with this team. I think 48-and-a-half. I think I see them right around 46 eight range. I don't getting to 50. This is going to be a bloodbath in the Western Conference. And like I said with the Mavs, I don't see the defense. hold. They don't have Andre Iguodala. They don't have Clay Thompson. They still have Draymond Green, but he can't guard everyone. He, he's usually just going to be the, 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 the guy who's going to guard the best big man, who's going to guard the best wing player. He can't guard both of them, right? So I, I, I don't know who they're going to ever defend. They're just going to try and outscore every team they play against. But I see a lot more doubles in Steph's future. Um, and then basically saying, you know, D'Angelo Russell, you can get whatever you want. We're just going to hold down Steph. You can go for 30, go for 50. doesn't really matter because this team runs off Steph. And you can get that a lot of attention. A lot of things they did with their offense was just he had that gravity about him pull defenses towards them, and then other guys would get free. But that was when they had Kevin Durant. That was when they had Klay Thompson. Now it's D'Angelo Russell, and I don't know who else is going to score for them. So I don't know who's going to score for them. I don't know who's going to play defense. But I believe in their in, in just kind of the system they have. I believe in the franchise, the infrastructure, that they're still going to make the playoffs. But I, I don't see them going close to 50. I'm going to take – or under. That's an interesting way to make that point. Sorry to cut off. But no, like, you're I, good. I believe in them. I believe in the organization. I believe in the players. But I'm going under. But you got to take. <laughs> but it's, no, it's, 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 it's more the line than the team. Yeah, I get exactly. It. It's yes, just, yes. It's just this funny is that we're going with the line about. the other way. It's it, it, it it's going to be really tough. Like I I don't know what Steph can do on his own. Like you even think back to the '73 win team. This this is not that. Everyone's saying he might go for huge numbers. Fine, that team but I don't deep. know. It was real deep. They had uh, Harrison Barnes was playing like we really didn't even well. Say, you might say it, but Sean Livingston retired, right? Yeah, Sean that's, Livingston that's a big retired. Blow. He was really good for big three, four years ago, and then he fell off. And I think right time for him kind of exit stays left. One guy that I'm excited about is Omari Spellman team, who was really he was drafted by the the Hawks, I think, with the last pick of the first round, and not it was it last season, two seasons ago. Um, no, it might, it might have been. Yeah, you're right. Two seasons ago. So, I, I, I'm excited to watch this team. As always, I'm always going to be Steph. I think Omari Spellman's going to be really f- for them this season. Um, so keep an eye out for him. He's a super athletic dude. He's going to be aggressive around the rim, and he can shoot the ball. Yeah, and they did some interesting moves this offseason when they obviously weren't getting the Kawhis. They lost Kevin Durant. They made the, the 
sign and trade thing with D'Angelo Russell, which was a good move for them. Uh, but then they went after some of these, you know, mercenaries of sorts like Willie Cauley Stein, like Omari Spellman. They even in their draft, uh, Jordan Poole, a guy who is talented, uh, but he wasn't looked at as a top guy in the draft, but is talented. He's a little bit of a wild card as a personality, but they have guys who can play basketball. They have Marquise Chris, another mercenary. Do, do the Warriors infrastructure continue to make guys better? Does Steph's gravity continue just to make guys better? I think it's all possible. I want to bet the over really bad with this team, but it, it's very difficult to say so because when you look at the rest of this team, and the next three teams we're going to get to, the Rockets, Clippers, and Lakers, are all awesome, and they got studs. And can Steph and Draymond carry a team like Harden and, and Russell Westbrook? Presumably can, and we'll get to them in a minute. I'm not exactly sure. Can They, they can't carry like AD and LeBron. They can't carry like Kawhi and Paul George. Steph Curry's health becomes a huge factor here. Uh, I think we expect MVP numbers out of Steph. The gravity that he pulls to this offense, I think, will become evident again. It's going to be harder for him against certain good defensive teams, but I think he's that good. I think Steph Curry will prove this year. He's going to prove it year in a weird way. Steph Curry, one of the best players we ever see in this league, is in a prove it year. It's crazy to say out loud, but it's true. His pride will become a factor. The only thing that can hold them back from hitting the over, other than the bloodbath of the West, is they may still be in where a playoff team. Uh, mode, right? So if they're thinking, yo, we just need to get in the playoffs and then nobody's going to want to see us once Clay's healthy, that's possible, and that might hold them back under 48.5. But I expect potent offense, system defense, which is what they've been good at this whole time in the Steph uh, Curry era. So I I love this team, and I'm going to go slight over just to be a little different from you guys, just because I have that much faith in Steph and Draymond. But the under is probably the better bet, but I'm going over. All right. Let's uh, move on to our next team. We got, as Pete mentioned before, the Houston Rockets. They've been making trade away Chris Paul. They acquire Russell Westbrook. They have two. This is what we said about them last season. You know, this is going to be a team that's going to have two Hall of Fame point guards on the floor at any given. Same thing this season. Russell Westbrook, obviously a Hall of Famer. James Harden, as Daryl Morey would have you believe, the greatest scorer of all time. Statistically, he's already proven it. And I'm going to take the over with this team. I think they're at 53 and a half wins. I, I like the over. I think this team can survive any injury that gets tossed their way. If it's not James Harden or Russell West, even if it is one of those guys and it's not a truly significant injury, they'll be able to survive it. If Russ goes down and Harden's got to do it by himself, guess what? He proved he could do it last year when Chris Paul went down when he went off for ridiculous. It was at 30 games at 30 points or more. So I don't see why he couldn't do that again. And, you know, Russ, I don't know how he's going to fit with this this offensive scheme if they can get him to just shoot more threes instead of the long twos. I know we don't like his shooting percentage. I know people question his decision-making. His free throw percentage has been really down, which is a, is, is a, is a big-time indicator when it comes to um, just overall shooting ability. You look at a guy like Lonzo Balls, had similar struggles. Um but, but I like this team's over. I think Russ, if he, even if he shoots 30% from three instead of, you know, 37% from those long twos, that's still just a more points per shot type thing. I know this. I'm talking more ball, right? It's got to be like that when it comes to the Rockets. So I like the over. What do you guys think? Um, this is another tough one. Uh, let me, wait, it's a big on. number. Wait, let me just ask you this. How does your heart feel with this with this one here? Because I know last year I was all over the Rockets and you guys are crushing me. 
And Frank, you are a Russell Westbrook guy. You've been an appreciator for a long time. You've been a supporter for a long time. Even though you know you you do point out his his woes, you do. You don't. You're not blind to it. But you do believe that he brings so much more to the table that it, it totally outweighs. So how does your heart feel first on this one that they're on the same team again and it's the Rockets who you haven't been a fan of their style recently? I don't even know if it's necessarily the Rockets style that I wasn't a fan of. It's just like the the adulation that James Harden got for carrying a team. Like Obviously, he did it a little bit differently. He was more efficient about it, but it, essentially at the end of the day, it was the same thing. It was a lot of dribbling, a lot of shooting, and a lot of passing by one guy. And, you know, they won their teams a lot of games, made them playoff teams, essentially, which lends itself to dust point. I think at any moment in the season, at any stretch, like, of 10 games or 20 games, whatever, these guys can go on a stretch and carry the team by themselves. And just having the other guy there for the one or two off nights that the other guy might have, like, that's a dangerous thing. That's that's leading itself to a bigger point that I was going to make about this Western Conference in general which is, like, to me, the biggest discrepancy in the NBA this year is, like, we see everything on social media is about the NBA shifting to dynamic duos. They are all in the West. All of them. Yeah. So I think this specific duo offers something. Except for the Brooklyn Nets. Shout out Carol Silver. Oh, well, and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Well, they're in the West. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but they're also in the West. But um, but also yeah, they're not a duo. Andrew Wiggins, lol. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's it's super intriguing. Uh, I don't even know if I picked one yet. You didn't. You're 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 really uh, la- really, you're laboring yeah, over I'm this. Laboring over this. So I'm you said gonna, it didn't hurt your heart. I feel like jump. it's hurting your heart. It's hurting I feel my like brain. Your heart already. It's hurting my brain because I Brain's feel like the number right is now. high, but I'm high on the team as well. So I feel Do like it. if I go under, that's contrary to everything I'm thinking, but that's how I feel. But like fuck me, it, I will. Contrary to everything. I'll go over. Destroy your own case and I'll go with the over. Like I'll go with the over and motherfucking lock it. Ooh. And that brings us to our second <laughs> of the podcast. I'm also on the over. Y'all know how I've been standing on James Harden for like five years now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a thing. And um, there's one storyline that could make me have some pause here. And that's the fact that these two guys, their regular season reputation is not on the line. They are incredible Hall of Fame talents. They know, everybody knows, everybody and their mother knows what they can do in the regular season. James Harden, you joked before about how he's the most prolific scorer of all time. Obviously, that was a joke, but he's damn freaking close. My guy is incredible. He adds something to his game every year. The the assist totals, which we talked about in the Eastern Conference when we said Trey Young has a chance to lead the league in assists. That's because Russ and Harden are probably going to steal assists from each other. I think that's fine. I can't wait to see their style of offense. How much iso ball is it going to be? Are they going to run more pick and roll? Um, their, their secondary players, Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon, um, Gerald Green's actually out with an injury. Daniel Clark and – well, Gary Clark, Mello? Daniel House. Mellow? <laughs> Not Mellow. Their guy – this, this is the PJ first Tucker. time we've mentioned any of those guys because it really doesn't come – It, it like doesn't. Maury, Maury just – Pulls these guys out of thin air when it when it like the Daniel Houses of and Austin Rivers the way they kind of revitalized himself and and, and became a, a better a better player in Houston at least because he was asked to do less I think in, in L A right. he, he was doing too much and now he can kind of take a step back and just kind of plug and play wherever he needs to in Houston Austin Rivers they tell him go defend your ass off which you always do and then be our our you know escape 
ball handler. Like, if we desperately need you, he can drive. He can make a layup. He can make the right pass. I'm going over as well. Obviously, we yeeted before on it. So, over <laughs> on the Rockets. 53 and a half is a big number. But this is a team that could be sneaky number one seed in the Western Conference. I just am worried if they are going to say, hey, you know, we're established in the top four seeds here. Let's maybe uh, rest Russ. Let's rest Harden. Thankfully, they can do that separately and have one of them at all times, which is an amazing thing to have. So that's why I'll stick with the over. But the only pause is that they're going to be playoff or bust team. Uh, hopefully, they're going to be that, actually. But I think they do get to that point this year. Nonetheless, I'll take the over. Um, moving on to our next team, one of the most talked about teams in the NBA, the Los Angeles Clippers. Their number is also 53 and a half. And that's the thing with this Western Conference. Nuggets 52, Rockets 53, Clippers 53, Lakers 50, um, Jazz. The Jazz 53, the Warriors this is, this 48. This is the highest over-under number in the world. And a lot of people have It's the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Jazz all have 50. No, no, no higher. We all agree that the, the, probably the better teams, especially regular season or playoffs, are in the West. And the higher over-under numbers are in the East when you talk about the Bucks and the Sixers. Right. So, so what that to, yeah, what that can come down to is like what of those teams, Rockets, Clippers, Lakers, Jazz, Nuggets, which of those teams falter more against the Pelicans of the world, falter more against some of the better teams in the East a little bit? Who falters against Porzingis and Doncic? Is it the Rockets? Is it the Clippers when they're not um, playing Paul George in the first half of the season? And that's really why I'm going under here. This is another team built for the playoffs. They have a scrappy, great, d- deep team that they really will be able to handle guys not playing every single night like Kawhi or Paul George. But I'm going to go slight under here. I think 53 is like exactly what they're going to get. I think the best team in the West is going to be 57, and the fourth seed, fifth seed, might have 52 wins. I think Clippers fall right in that range. They're not about the regular season. They're about the playoffs. They're about the rings. If Kawhi rests a little bit, if Paul George is uh, out until December, who knows when he's exactly going to come back. They're saying 10, 15 games right now. I'm going to go slight under based off that alone, but this team's awesome, and there's no other way to cut it. I, I think with those those two guys, the two main guys, Kawhi and Paul George, PG, like you said, they're not going to rush him back. They don't need to. They just want to get playoffs. They're not worried about home court. Toronto wasn't worried about it in uh, last year. They, it, it didn't matter against the Bucks. Um I'm going to take the under. I think you're right. Right by 53, 52, 51, just between uh, Paul George easing his way back and then load management between him and Kawhi Leonard down the stretch. This team's deep. They can still just win games, as they proved last year with guys like Luke Williams, Montrezl Harrell. They'll be fine. And I, this, this is the regular season. As Draymond Green put it, there are 82-game teams and there are 16-game teams. This is a 16-game team. They're about the playoffs. They want those 16 playoff wins. That's all their season is going to come down to. It's going to be late April through early June. That's all it's going to be over. Under. Sorry. So this is another one that pulls on my heart kind of because last season they were – Frank's got a big heart. I got a big heart for the West Conference. A lot of these teams live in this. Now now that I have a job, I probably won't have as big a heart for the West Conference because I won't be able to stay up all night and watch them. Yeah, right. Good point. Yeah, right. I'll, you'll just, be, I'll watch him at you'll, work the next you'll morning, be texting, Me and you'll yeah, be texting probably. at 1.30 in the morning. Yo, you just see you just see uh, Lou Williams close it out. Lou, Lou will. <laughs> just like Lou will. But uh, I love the supporting cast. And to me, they are the Nets of the West. Just like a team that were kind of under the radar 
all the pieces they had played above expectation for the most part. And just like you guys mentioned, they're grindy besides Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And like, I don't know, if you straight up put it up on a slate, right? You're starting a team. You could start with Kevin Durant and Kyrie or Paul George and Kawhi. I'm pretty sure you go with Kevin Durant and Kyrie most of the time, but it's a conversation at the very least. So, like, you know, that puts them on par with the Nets in terms of what? Kevin Durant and Kawhi? Uh, Kyrie. Oh, oh, you just saying, them as a yeah, duo. like what in, in what? So that's it, yeah, whatever. Um, but like to me, it's not a one hundred percent. Oh, we take KD and Kyrie every single time. Maybe that's different for other people. I don't know, but um, to me, that makes them super interesting. I'm gonna go with the over just because, just because that's how I feel, <laughs> and you can't stop that. I love it. No, I mean, and you can't eat it. Let, let's yeah. be, yeah, you can't, you can't hit the yeet yeah. on that. But for the next team, what we can hit is LeBron James, because that's the next team we're gonna talk about, Los Angeles Lakers. But let's be real though, we're th- we're talking about splitting hairs right now. Like I just said this, and I'll say it one more time: the top four teams in the in the West could all range from fifty to fifty-five games. They could all range from fifty-two to fifty-six games. Like they could all be right there because they're going to beat each other up. They play each other a lot. Like we get to see Clippers Lakers four times. How lucky are we? That's awesome. When could we have said that? Uh, Lob Lob City when that was around, the Lakers stunk. And on opening opening night, no less. So we're not even going to have to wait to find out. Except we don't get PG in that first game, which stinks. But nonetheless, it's it's going to be crazy. Um, so there's there's no right or wrong answer on these teams. Uh, so it's good that we have some disagreement because it could really go either way. Let's talk about LeBron James. And the Los Angeles Lakers, 50-and-a-half is their number. Uh, I'll start this one off quick just to get it out of the way. This goes right to my point. All these teams are going to be really close to each other. I have the slight under on the Clippers. I have the slight over on the Lakers. I think they're a game apart. I think it comes down to the last couple games of the season. They're all fighting for for seeding. You know, who who do you want to play? If the Warriors are the sixth seed, no one's going to want to be the three seed. Who knows if, if that could become a thing? You know, maybe the Lakers want to lose a game at the end of the year to not play the, Warrior, uh, the Warriors in the sixth seed. Like, that is where we are at. With this Western Conference, that's how tight it's going to be. Lakers slight over 50 and a half. I don't even have to explain. LeBron, AD, uh, Danny Green, you know, Jared Rondo, Dudley. Jared Dudley, Caruso. They got guys. They're pa- a little bit of Patrick. a weird. They're a weird fit, but they got people. You know, I go slight over on the Lakers, slight over on the on the Clippers, and that's where I'm sitting. I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, fam. Um, <laughs> hey, Bachi. <laughs> Got um, our first guest of the season, for, yeah. Frank's dog Bocce. <laughs> Frank's dog, <laughs> Pete's Pete's dog. This kid, Pete and Frank's dog. <laughs> it's it's real late here on uh, on the Sports Bomb Yard podcast. <laughs> but, but I'm gonna go with the slight under. Um, you know, LeBron's a big load management guy. Uh, Anthony Davis already has an MRI in this season, so I can just see them missing some time. Over under two and a half MRIs during the regular season I'm, for Anthony Davis. I'm blowing that over too, baby. Let's go. I'm Great saying team. under. I think the injury-prone thing on Anthony Davis <laughs> is actually overblown a little bit at this point. I think if you look back to two year, uh, three years ago, he played over 70 games. Two years ago, over 70 games. Last year, he would have played over 70 games as well, but then – they just didn't want to play him. He had the the weird trade debacle, and then in the second half of the year when he was healthy, they were just DNPing him sometimes. He was playing 20 minutes. It really just 
you know, it's an overstated thing with Anthony Davis. None of his injuries are reoccurring. It's not like he's been dealing with a hamstring for six years. It's a wrist, then it's a thumb, then it's a leg, then it's a this. He's not as injury prone as we think all the time. So I, I'm going under on the Anthony Davis MRI. <laughs> It was a really in-depth breakdown of his injuries. It really was. I appreciate that. <laughs> what do you got on the over-under for Duff? I got the over. I think this team, they, they, you know, we don't think of LeBron James teams having a lot to prove in regular season. I think in this case they do. Now, not necessarily because of LeBron James, more because of Anthony Davis. Because of what you just said, the whole thing, the trade debacle. Does he want to be here? Does he not want to be here? What's this guy about? Is he about winning? Is he about his brand? What's he just want to just make money? What What is it for Anthony Davis? Now's the time for him to prove, I'm about basketball. I'm about winning. I want to I wanna go out there and dominate each and every night. I want him to be in the top three for MVP discussion. He's like nine to one odds right now, which I think is crazy high odds for him. I think Anthony Davis should average about 30, 12, and five assists with, with, with as much as he's going to be handling the ball this season. I think he's going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. And I think Kyle Kuzma, why couldn't he yeah. take the next step this year? This, they wanted to keep him for a reason, right? He's he's shown more than Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and uh, Josh Hart, any of the guys they traded away. So I'm excited for the Lakers. I think they're, Anthony Davis is not going to get load managed. Yeah. James Harden is, or um, J- LeBron James is. But even when he's playing at 80%, he's still a top five player in the league. Absolutely. Uh, now, Duff, do me a favor and just let my dog outside so she stops whining. And I'll continue for a second off that. Uh, you know, it's late. It's Wednesday. It's now Thursday morning. It's 1230 a.m. on Thursday morning. My dog needs to go outside. It is what it is. We're out here at Sports Walk New York Podcast, NBA Outsiders, Western Conference over-unders. It's going to get released on Monday. You're hearing it then, day before the season starts. And we get to see these two teams face off. Right off the bat, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, Frank, did you make your pick yet on the Lakers? I did. I picked over. All right. So oh, we, no, no, no. I picked under. So Sorry. we got me and Duff on the over, Frank on the under on the Lakers, and it's just another team. They're going to be splitting hairs. 50 and a half is a tough number there. You're going to be hearing a ton about this team all year. People are going to be oh, living we'll, and dying we'll be with sick every of it win by, and walk. We'll be sick of it by... Uh, by All Star Break, I'm by, sure. By Thanksgiving, yeah, we're absolutely. Gonna be, we're going to be done with this team. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, they will be a team that has to prove it because they need to be steady in that playoff race. Because goddamn, if you blink, you can be on the bottom of it. You can be seven seed. That's looking what happened up. to them last year. Exactly. Straight up. And uh, we'll see what happens with the Lakers. Let's move on to two teams that we don't have to talk a lot about. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, ass eaters, aka the Memphis ass eaters, <laughs> which has been in our Google Doc for a couple of years now. And there's two things to say here: John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. Want to see them? That's it. Under. What about Josh Jackson, dude? You don't, <laughs> you don't think he has a chance to I'm come not- back from the G League, bro? <laughs> I'm not going to be tuned into many Memphis G League games, but you never know. Dude, I mean, that, they're free to watch weird. on on the internet if you want to watch them. I don't. Um, under Memphis Grizzlies, twenty six, twenty six and a half. By drag the way. that across, no comment. Under the fuck out of here, Grizzlies. <laughs> uh, this team actually won thirty three games last year. If you think about the Grizzlies season, that number kind of like surprised me. Did you Did you think they won that many games last year? Yes. Absolutely not. What do you mean they had a? They started off like good. Yeah, I mean actually that's true. They did. Still, start, Mike Conley still played uh, seventy games from this year. Conley and Gasol played half the season there. They were, you know, 
You're right. It's fair. 33 games. I, I was surprised. 33 but, felt like a lot to me. I, was I mean, thinking, when like, you look at the roster at the end of the season, right. it's surprising. But when you realize that they played the majority of the season with Gasol and Conley, it makes yes. sense, more sense. Yes. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Now, they don't have either of those guys, beginning, middle, or end of the season. Now, to me, this is, this is an under. I think they are going to be looking to tank again towards the end of the season. They're, they're going to be on pace to probably break this by March. They're going to be on like the 30 win pace. And I think they might just shut it down. I think there's going to be some things where the team, the team is looking to sit Jaron Jackson. They're going to be looking to sit John Morant, just kind of like what they did with uh, the, what Memphis did with the last year. And uh, rookies tend to not, not be able to, to, to withstand the 82 game season. They're going to hit a wall at some point. You know, Trey Young actually, he, he started at the wall yeah. and then broke through it like the last third of the season and where it was first for Luka. I think John Morant, he's a, he's a super athletic guy, but he's very slight. And uh, just kind of taking that beating, I think, I like the under. And, and but I'm excited to see whatever kind of fucking dunks. He's they're gonna. Be, I think they're set. gonna be a pretty fun team to watch. Sneaky league pass. Yeah, they'll sneaky be frisky. league pass team. They'll be frisky, but. I will definitely tune into. Way more Memphis Grizzlies game this year than entirely I entirely too year. many. And oh, Jaron yeah. Jackson was hurt last year too, so if he's a little banged up again, it's just even more reason to take the under. Remember we were, he hit that three in LeBron's face in his grill. I I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and the next team we want to talk about here, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dude, I mean, dude, this is the uh, season. Andrew Wiggins, uh, he's, you know, he's so good. Is Andrew bro. Wiggins the Ryan Tannehill? Wow. Jay Cutler. He's already too. He's probably too good, right? He's the Jay, Jay Cutler. Cutler of the I like NBA. that. Jay Cutler. That's I it. I like that. That's it. Jay Cutler of the NBA. I'll, I'll say this: Carly Towns, incredible. If you don't start leading your team to winning basketball, you are now Kevin Love, and until you start playing with LeBron James, you're nothing again. So Carly Towns <laughs> is going to be an all-star. He's going to put up sick numbers. This is not going to be a team that competes with some of the other incredible teams in the West. Even the second-tier teams like the Pelicans, Mavericks. Uh, Portland, Spurs, Kings, the Timberwolves are not even on that level. 35 and a half isn't a low number, and that's why I'll go under. I think just based off that competition, they're going to be a respectable 32-33 win team that, you know, can beat anybody on any given night, but then can lose to the Hornets. Like, that's the team the Timberwolves are. You guys remember Bart Scott, famous interview? They can't stop a nosebleed. This is the worst defense in the NBA, and they're also in the Western Conference. So uh, I'm going to blast that under. I'm, I'm going to oppose Pete. I said under. No, no, but you said like 33, right? Mm. Yeah, no, I'm going like this might be like a 24-win team. Oh, my gosh. I'm talking, yeah, I'm, I'm talking lottery, I'm, top 10. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the under, too. This is like a prove it. You got to prove it to me season, whereas like the Spurs, we always – I'll t- they're over under the past couple of years has been like 41, 42. And then we just took the over every time because we just believed in the infrastructure of the Spurs. I believe in the dysfunctional infrastructure <laughs> of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to take the under. I just don't trust them. I want the best for Cat. But anytime, like we, that famous that famous quote where the, the, the owner of the Timberwolves, he's like, I want to look. Before I give Andrew Wiggins this max extension, I want to look him in the eyes and shake his commit to me that he's going to be a better player and it, like if you have to do that if you have that gut feeling wait it out wait the rest of the season he didn't do it he gave him the max up front 
he was never uncomfortable. Sometimes guys just got to get a little uncomfortable to understand how hard they have to work for something. I think he's never felt that. I, I don't see him really changing his tune this season. There hasn't been that awesome story where he cut weight, put on muscle, worked on his jump shot post game, whatever random thing that he always made that he didn't cool work TikTok out with the came Elijah Wong. He made, <laughs> made a TikTok video. I don't even know what that is. You didn't see it. I don't so know. He made a video. I don't know what it was for or what it was, but it, I saw a little snippet of it. It was him fake punching Paul George in the face, taking the ball, going to the other end of the court and dunking it. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. It was. It was weird. That sounds about right. It was so bad. It hit Twitter for like an hour. That's how bad it was. <laughs> um, Timberwolves all on the under. <laughs> That's where we're at with them. Uh, and the only thing that can possibly work in their favor is if they pull a Chris Paul trade out of their butt, and then that makes them pretty damn respectable because uh, he's that guy. Them giving Andrew Wiggins that contract so early, lost them Jimmy Butler, lost them the next two years. They're just they're a team. I say this a lot on the podcast. In the uh, American Court of Justice, you are innocent until proven guilty. In sports, you are guilty until proven a contender. And they are not by any means a contender for the playoffs just yet. You are guilty. Guilty as charged under on the Timberwolves. Get them out. Let's move on to our next team. New Orleans Pelicans. Duff, what do you got? Uh, to, to kind of flip your point on its head where in, in sports that you're guilty until proven innocent, um, with the Pelicans – they're innocent until they prove themselves guilty. They have Zion. He's been destroying the NBA in these preseason games. He had 29 points. He didn't take a shot from three feet from the rim against the Bulls. And he went 12 for 13. He's hit a three wide open. He, he said, if people leave me open, I'm going to take it. And that's the mentality you want to have. We killed Ben Simmons for that for a couple of years. And now he's finally going to step out of his shell and, and uh, do what's right by his team. Jumping out of the gun. Zion's already saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a shot. I like I like him, even if he can't do it, even if he's not going to make the shots, I like him being confident about taking them. And the other thing is this feels like it could be a complete team, whereas the Mavericks, you know, they have Luka, they have um, they have KP, and then after that, I don't know, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, whatever. This team, 39 and a half wins. I'm going to take over. They get to 40. I think they possibly flirt with the playoffs hopefully for jj reddick's sake just because he's made the playoffs i think 13 years straight when he bounced around where was it from uh orlando to milwaukee to la then to philly he made the playoffs every single year of his career i hope that streak continues for him but you look at guys like you know um drew holiday who elite perimeter defender and everyone loves to play with him they want to play with him he's a good guy Brandon Ingram hopefully takes that next step. Lonzo Ball hopefully gets a shot right. It looks a little better, more centered on his stroke. Um, Derek Favor is going to be solid for them. Jackson Hayes in the draft, he looks like a freak. Nikhil Alexander-Walker just looks like a guy who's not going to make a lot of mistakes, kind of like his cousin Shea Gilders Alexander. I'm excited for this team. I want to watch this team every time they play, and so does America, I guess, 30-plus national TV games. I'm excited for them and opening night against the defending champs. So I agree with everything you said, except for your pick. They're going to be super fun to watch. Zion is already polarizing, but I'm going to pick the under just for the same reason. I don't even think he's polarizing. I think everyone just loves him. 
I think everyone loves him and expects him to be great. This is, I feel like this is like kind of a retroactive thing where some people were, some people were with Kevin Durant, some people were against him, some people with Anthony Davis, some people were against him. And now after getting burned by like people who seem like no doubt prospects, everyone's just going to be like, all right, I'm, I'm with this guy, all NBA player at some point in his career, multiple, multiple all-stars, MVP candidate. I, well, that, I don't, I don't think polarizing is the right word. I think you meant electric. Like a lightning rod. I mean, I, I yeah. kind of polarizing in the sense like he's been in the spotlight and like like LeBron James since he's like in high school in a very different respect than LeBron James though, and like I feel like literally every step I've heard the same, and this is the wrong word criticism. I don't know exactly what it would be. I guess it would be a comment or you know question. People are like oh he could do that against you know. Five foot eight white kids playing high school basketball. Can he do it against college athletes? Shout out Chris Vernon. And then same thing. And now, now he's at the next level of athlete. So like, I feel like that part of it's a little bit polarizing, especially because he's an undersized big who's not known for touch. He's known for bodying and jumping and all that stuff. Which, to your point, he's been dominating in the preseason. Like, I don't think anybody doubts that he's going to be good. But I think, you know, the talking heads. To, want to doubt him just because nobody else does but back to another point uh we made earlier um young teams have a hard time winning in the nba and this is a super young team specifically the core um so i think that'll hold them back i don't really know who on this team could be a closer so that's the question it's drew holiday's team to take uh when it matters most because zion's not that guy yet lonzo's not that guy yet Ingram can be that guy, but isn't yet. Drew Holiday has to be the closer for this team. But offensively, I feel like we've never thought about him in that respect. As a closer, no. As a great offensive player, sure, but not a closer. You're right. So with those questions, I'm going to have to say under. I I mean, I I really teetered on this one because I think they're such a sexy overpick. They're such a sexy, they're going to make the playoffs pick. They're going to shock the world pick. And my instinct is to go against that right away. It's automatically to say, everybody, slow your roll. Hit the brakes. Like, right after the draft, right after the offseason, I was like, yo, everybody, chill. This is not a playoff team yet, right? But then they brought in J.J. Redick. Then they bring in Derek Favors. Then, you know, they have this full lineup. Uh, Even a guy like Etwan Moore is a guy who makes a positive effect on the basketball court. So I'm leaning on the side of Duffy. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I do think they are a 500 team. I think they fight every night. I love Lonzo Ball. Y'all know that. I think this is the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. Not particularly close. I mean, Drew Holiday is incredible on defense. Lonzo Ball is incredible on defense. This team's going to be electric to watch. They're going to run the court. They're going to move the ball, which is an awesome thing to see. The only ball stopper they have on the squad is Brandon Ingram. And he also has some point guard skills where he could actually kind of control the ball a little bit. And maybe he'll just be go-get-a-bucket guy for the Pelicans. But other than that, J.J., Drew, Etwan, Favors, Hayes, Alexander Walker, this is a complete roster. It's not the best roster in the league, obviously, but it's a fun, young, energetic roster that's going to be as good as people think. Not better, but 41 wins is where I see them. I like the over. One, Two, two quick points I wanted to make about Zion. Um, two things I noticed about him just from a personality standpoint, he seems like a really positive dude when people were saying, you know, if, if he's going to end up in New Orleans, why would he want to do that? It's just going to be the, another Anthony Davis, go back to college for another year. Ridiculous. Like he, he's never, he's never shown that when he, when his, sh- his shoe blew out in college, 
people are saying, well, just sit back down. Like there's no reason to, 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 to do this, uh, to, to ruin your stock, you know, but, but even at that time we were saying on the pod, like if he tore his ACL, where was he going to go in the draft? Numero uno. First overall, it, with two torn ACLs, he would still go first, just because he was such a freak like that. Shout out Dewan Blair. Shout out Dewan Blair. No ACLs. No and ACLs. Then, Great then, deep cut right there. Yeah, he, then, set, he set me up. I had. Yeah, and then, uh, but but what did he say? He said, "I love my teammates. I love this team. I love playing basketball. Why would I? I want to win a championship with this team. I want to play with my friends. Why would he feel any differently when he gets the NBA level? He's going to be a good guy. He's going to be for the team." And he's going to play his ass off every single night. That's what we know about him. Those are all three great things to have in your star player, your cornerstone piece. The other, the other thing to me is that makes me a little nervous about Zion is he's a heavy dude. He he weighs many pounds. I'm a little, I'm a little worried that such he, weight, many heavies, such weight, many heavies for this man. <laughs> I, I I worry about him carrying that weight all season long. It's what we say about Joel Embiid, like cut 20 pounds i feel like zion kind of needs to do the same thing but maybe maybe he won't hit the the rookie wall the same way other guys do because he might just play himself into better shape where all of a sudden he's down 15 pounds in like february and then he actually just looks lighter better and more explosive i could see that happening he's such a freak i could see him just getting better and better as the season goes like kind of the reverse of every rookie we see i want to see how many posters he has what if I told you one guy can change a franchise from moving to Seattle? That's Zion Williamson. 30 for 30 in 15, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. We can look back and say the New Orleans Pelicans may have not even existed if Zion Williamson didn't get drafted there. He reinvigorated reinvigorated an entire <laughs> franchise, an entire city of basketball fans that, frankly, didn't care. And right when New Orleans was fed up with football because of the Saints debacle and the NFC Championship game, they got a sense of hope. And that's what Zion Williamson brings. I couldn't agree more, Duff. His, his attitude is off the charts. He's incredible. Uh, and I have two words that he used right after the draft that he used his first time arriving to New Orleans, let's dance. That's Zion Williamson in a nutshell, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do in New Orleans. Um, I still wish he wasn't in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, of course. But anyways, <laughs> over uh, for me and Duff, under for Frank. Let's move on. Oklahoma City Thunder, we have them marked off as a red team, which means we should move very quickly. Uh, so let me just be very quick here and say this team's friskier than we thought. Chris Paul, if he's there, is still a good player. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams, Terrence Ferguson. This is not a slouch team. Their number is 32.5, and I'm going over. I think Oklahoma City Thunder, 32.5. Minnesota Timberwolves, 35.5. Come on now. That should be flipped. Don't sleep on the Thunder this year. They're going over. Lock it in. Uh, this is a lock. You're locking this. Lock wow. it in. This lock, is a dangerous lock. Watch this. Lock watch this is a dangerous in. lock. I'm going to tell you right after... Watch, watch this. Yo, Pete. Lock the under. Wow. Lock the under. Come at me, dog. Come at I'm me. I'm all up in your grill right now, bro. Come at me with that. I'll Chris, come, I'm going to come at you. Give me well, one I'm reason. Gonna, give me I'll one give reason other than Chris Paul getting traded. Steven I, Adams I getting traded. I can't. Steven Adams getting <laughs> traded. Thank you. This, this team, they got seven draft picks from the Clippers and, and a prospect, a big-time prospect, and Shea Girls or Salad. They already have their point guard of the future while they have Chris Paul locked up there for, what, two more years, three more years? What? 
whatever it is, it's multiple years. So why would they keep Chris Paul? He's going to get traded to Miami. He's going to get traded to somewhere that needs some guard. I, I, I can't see him living out the rest of his contract there. I, I, he's definitely not going to live out the rest of his contract. I don't see it beyond this season. And Steven Adams has been on the block for months now. So he's going to get moved by Christmas. Hashtag so once he gets moved steal to Miami. Once he gets moved, it's the under. Once Chris Paul gets moved, they're a G League team. Like, I, but, but that's where they kind of want to be. I, think, I feel like they, they don't have to worry about getting moved because I feel like they're still going to sell tickets because there's nothing else to do in Oklahoma City. From what I've heard, I wouldn't know because I've never been there because why would I go? So it's not, it's, <laughs> this is, it's not like New Orleans where they're just like kind of drowned out because the nightlife is fun and they have the Saints and there's LSU football and whatever. This is just like everyone's going to keep going to the Thunder games. Sam Presti has already proven that he can build the team up from nothing. I think he wants to kind of go that route again. Because Chris Paul is not the answer. Steven Adams is not the answer. I think they get moved. I think it's the under. Get you guys right. just coming at me like get that, right, huh? Pete. Yo. Ready your neck. I, so. I, so if Chris Paul gets traded and Steven Adams gets traded, obviously it'll be harder to hit that. I think this team's going to be good off the off the jump. Pete, just tell everybody how yeah, you Yeah, but you know what? We said this. The Timberwolves over under last year was like 43 and a half wins. But we all sat here and thought that was ridiculous because we knew uh, – uh, Jimmy Butler was going to get traded. Yeah, but that was like toxic. This is not toxic. Chris Paul has a chance to look at like to look at the NBA and say he'll never he'll all never of, be he'll never be outward about it. But he's never going to want to say that. Y'all all slept on me, and now look what I'm doing with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm putting no up one's sixteen gonna be impressed. and ten. No one's going to be impressed with him getting thirty six on on the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know That's who's going to be not, impressed? Gonna me be when I get to rub it in your guys' face. Danilo Gallinari, watch out. Uh, I don't know this team is just weird let's move on this yeah, is a red it's team not, We're done. Yeah, not it's worse. a red team sorry about we're that done. that it's was me team. again i do this on the red teams i don't know why i do it every single time because um, we're outsiders we love we love the red teams just like i love this next red team. my sons the phoenix sun i put them up for adoption last season i haven't decided no whether takers or not. though nobody no guys, takers nobody so adopted i, I reserve so. i reserve the right to take them back uh i got i got the under for this team at 29 and a half wins i just they live in the basement. They got 17 wins last season. If they made it to 22, that'd be a leap. So I, I'm going to stick with the under. I don't believe in DeAndre Ayton as, as, as a great player who leads, who translates to winning. I believe in Devin Booker, but I don't believe in the Suns. I don't believe in Robert Sarver. I, I, don't, I don't like anything about this team at this point. I, I'm really, they've just burned me too many times. I think this is a lock. Speaking of beliefs. I've never been a believer in American sports adopting relegation. That is, I'm I'm a believer. That is until the Suns came along, and have been this bad for like the last five years. I just I want a different team in the NBA. <laughs> just completely get rid of the Suns. Just get rid of them, bro. Uh, this is when we adopt like a like one of the Australian teams yeah, or something I mean, like that. Lamelo's ball. Let's get let's get let's get a uh, Real Madrid in Spain. Wasn't That's he the guy was being to? Yes. Both so you guys are both on the under, I assume. Give me the voice. <laughs> you want the Give voice? Give me the voice, dude. You're going to make me go to the thing. Hold on. I'm going to the thing. Why I go to the thing here, let me just tell you. Um, they drafted Cameron Johnson. I'm also, and his own teammate was shocked. Stunt. Wow. That's love, wow. bro. That's, That's love. love, bro. That's love. So uh, They got Ty Drone. I believe in Ty Drone. 
I'm also a gamer. I like Ty Jerome. I'm also on the under just based on the fact 17 wins last year. In what world did this team get 13 wins better in a conference that got that much better? Even if you like what the Suns are doing, which most people don't, they didn't get 13 wins better. They didn't get 13 wins better. Frank, what do you got? Just a pure line pick, even. It just doesn't make any sense. Hey, y'all. Lucifer here. (laughs) The Suns, they don't belong in the NBA. Just get them out. Lock the under. Mortal lock. <laughs> mortal lock. Immortal lock or mortal lock? Either way, it's done. All of it. <laughs> Just lock up. Lock up the Suns under. That's Just back lock to- up Robert Sarver. That's back-to-back underlocks for Frank, by the way. Just, just shout out to Frank for that. Um, no one <laughs> likes the Suns. The pessimism late at night. <laughs> 13 wins better. It's just not happening. Let's move on. Portland Trailblazers, uh, Western Conference Finals team last year. Uh, in a way, by default, because the Rockets had to play in the second round against the Warriors. 46.5, a respectable number. For a team that didn't get particularly better outside of Hassan Whiteside, Nurkic still hurt for the beginning of the season, but continuity exists. They do have some wings. They drafted Nasir Little. They have another year of development for Anthony Simmons, a guy people like, or Simons, I think it actually is. 46.5 for the Trailblazers. Is that too high a number, or are we going to sleep on them and they're going to shut us up again? I'm calling a 50-win season for my boys going over. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of Dame. I have been for a while, although uh, I'm not too much of a fan to admit that Shaq wiped the floor with him in that rap battle, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're a team, kind of like you said with the Nuggets, uh, their greatest addition for the offseason is that they didn't lose much and that they're together for another year and can be a cohesive team. I know you guys like, I'm forgetting his name right now, Zach Collins. Yes, very uh, much. I'm not a very big proponent of his, but I know a lot of people are. I think he has a chance to take a next step this year and play a bigger role on the team. Um, I like Hassan Whiteside on this team. I think this is a team where they can look him in the eye and say, if you play point Hassan, you're not going to play. It's like simple as that. Like That's what they should do. They should just throw him lobs and let him block shots, and they will be a 50-win team in my opinion. I love that. I mean, this is my hot take. To make this a little spicier than than it even should be, the Portland Trailblazers are the new San Antonio Spurs without the championship pedigree. So think about this. You calling Terry Stotts, Terry Pops? Terry Pops. Yes, Frank. Thank you so much for the assist there. The Portland Trailblazers, year after year. Terry in- Pop sounds like bootleg Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. But if you think about this team with Dame Lillard in this era, obviously he had Brandon no, Brandon Roy was there maybe early. No, I don't think he was. But LaMarcus Aldridge, Wesley Matthews, Nick Batum, from that era, they all left. We didn't know what they were going to be. And year after year, Damian Lillard's a top-five MVP candidate. CJ McCollum's a near all-star level player, probably an Eastern Conference all-star player. Um, they do have a ragtag team of wings, Rodney Hood, uh, Mario Hazonia is around town. Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore joins the squad. This team is just solid. They follow their leader. Their leader is impressive, and he does all the right things. Uh, I like the over for the, the Trailblazers again. Every time you sleep on them, they drop 50 wins on your face. I don't know if 50 is their number this year, but I think over 46.5 is a good bet. They just need to have average picks. If they have average bigs, they get the over. I think they can do that. I have them at the 
it, it's just people like we've said constantly underestimating them. Now we might be overestimating them, but I'm going to ride the wave. I'm just going to say the over. I think Dame and CJ, as long as those guys stay healthy, they're going to win games. Continuity is important. They stuck with that route last year. They're going to go with it this year. They ran into a buzzsaw in the in the Warriors, and and this year they're going to stick with that route. Hopefully Nurkic makes it back. That was a gruesome injury. We were watching live that game, which was a great game against the Nets. I think double, yeah. triple overtime. I forget what it was. Double, at least double. Overtime it was it was a game. crazy one. Yeah. Um, I think Rodney Hood found himself in those playoffs. I think he's going to be take a big step forward from this year. It doesn't. Even, I'm not talking 18 points a game, but like a solid 16, somebody you can count on to make open shots and and make correct decisions with the basketball. They got Nazir Little late in the first round. A lot of guys thought he was slept on. They have Pau Gasol on this team. That makes me a little optimistic, but also a little nervous. Good for them from the perspective of a winning culture, a guy with a positive attitude who does things the right way, but from a playing standpoint, I, I don't know how much he's going to be able to give them just kind of rolling out his corpse under the court at this point. Um, I think he's going to be real stiff. I don't really see him getting a lot of minutes. I think it's going to be a lot wide white side, a lot of Zach. Um, but, but I believe in Dame Lillard. I believe in CJ McCollum. I believe in the over here. Is that three overs on the Portland trailblazers? <laughs> yes, it is. Three overs on the Portland Trailblazers at This 40. is one where you should definitely fade us and take the under. I know we've been saying that. Hey. Definitely fade us. The, the new Spurs without the championship pedigree. I'm going to stick with that. Let's move on to the Sacramento Kings, a darling of the NBA last year where they weren't quite a playoff team, but they gave every single opponent a run for their money. They didn't do much on the improvement front. Like, what did they bring in? They uh, maintained Harrison Barnes. Another year of development for Harrison, um, for De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles, Bo, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You, you, I, I, hard G. I almost Bojan'd my Bogdan G. right there. I really yeah. almost. Don't ever Bogdan your Bojan or Bojan your. And then don't you even bring Boban into this. It you is, might get canceled. I don't want to. Do I don't want to do that. Um, Sacramento Kings. Let me hop in first because I think I'm going to be di- different from you guys. I don't know what you guys have yet. I think this team is equally as exciting, equally as competitive, uh, but because the West got that much better, I'm going to go slight under 37.5. Slight, slight under, but fun again, respectable again. Um, they really just need a wing presence that can that can do do some things. They, they need not Al Farouk Aminu type. They need somebody who can put the ball on the ground, can defend a little bit, and can shoot. Like every team in the league needs a wing like that. But that's their missing piece. They got some bigs. They got some some littles. They just need a, a middle ground. I, I kind of feel about the Kings like how you guys feel about the Pelicans. To me, this is like a 500 team. And I know the West is stacked, but if De'Aaron Fox keeps progressing on the arc that he was, like he's going to be throwing himself in the conversation of one of the best guards in the West, which is flirting with an all-star. That's a crazy selection. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy conversation to be in in. when you really like narrow it down to the guys playying guard in the West. Yeah. Like he's going to be like like, the next Dame, Dame Lillard type, like the the next really great underappreciated. Right. The guy who should have Conley, but with more flash. He should have eight all-star appearances, but ends up with four. That type of guy, or like two, or two. Well, you know, you hope that by the Conley got zero by Darren Fox's prime, Russ Harden, true, Steph, true. those so guys I'll get more. Yeah, they'll get more. They'll be thirty six, and Darren Fox will still be twenty five. You know, so whatever. But 
I think we all pretty much highlighted this team as a league pass team last year, and they are that same exact wavelength of a team this year. There's just a team like you'll probably have fun watching them late at night if you know if you enjoy watching a young team improve. Hundred percent. Yeah. No. Like Dave Yeager has that. Oh no, not even Dave Yeager anymore. Luke Walton. Luke Walton is the coach of the Kings. People forget about that. I forgot about that. It's weird. Weird that they got rid of him like that. Well, Yeager kind of wanted out in a weird way. Where is he now? Nowhere. Is he in Memphis? Is he in Memphis? Back in Memphis? No, he's not back in Memphis. No, he's not. He had like a weird thing where he wanted to be the Minnesota coach, which is the only person in the world. Yeah, it's Ryan Saunders, who people like a lot, actually. I I, I just think the Kings are a good team, but they get the – short end of the stick of the Western Conference when it comes to the over-under. 37.5, I actually thought it would be a little higher. So I, that's, I, that's partially I'm why I'm on here. the over, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of playing the line here. Like, we just talked about the Blazers. We just talked about continuity. Why not for the King? Why not the same thing? The only guy they lost... Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein. Is uh, Bielitsa still on this team? Like, they, they got... Harrison Barnes still they just extended him for like crazy. for less mo- kind of for less money than he but was like, on it though. was still like a big extension for him so like the, the years is what kills you on that that for me personally I just Harrison Barnes seems like the Mendoza line of NBA wings yeah. where it's just like he's, he's just he's just <laughs> average that's just what he is I hope um, Harrison Barnes isn't a listener and if he is, I hope he doesn't know what the Mendoza He is line the Kirk is. Cousins of NBA wings. Yo, does not show up in big games. Just stop, bro. He's, that's the perfect compliment. You're but this team, this team's got a lot of a lot of players I love. Like between, I love Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich, De'Aaron Fox. You know, I, I this Rashawn Holmes. Love Rashawn Holmes. I love that guy. Only th- Philly fans love that guy. I, Sorry, I just gotta I say that. I love Rashawn Holmes. Dude, if he was on the Knicks, you would love him too. Like, I'm sure he, he, just, he probably he's a, a fun guy, guy like to watch. He yeah. plays Dude, with he, energy, with heart. So much energy. He just tries ass off, and that's what you want from like your backup center, backup Dude, power that's forward. That's what like, I want from my starting center. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, Yo, but, but Rashawn he Holmes have that skill though. He doesn't have the same. Rashawn skill. Holmes slings some threes, sneaky too. Sneaky. He's sneaky like that. I love Rashawn Holmes. I like the over, and I love the over. Team. They won 39 games last year. I don't see where they got two games worse. I think they're going to kind of just be right where they were. You know, I, I I know in the NBA we expect teams to have this linear progression all the time. If that were the case, every team would be amazing and win 70 games, right? But sometimes you take a step back or sometimes you take no step at all. This is where I kind of see them taking no step at all. This is this is the the – the Mavs are going to take some wins from them. The Pelicans might take some wins from them. But I think the Timberwolves are going to take a step back. The Grizzlies are going to take a step back. The Suns are still going to be in the basement. This is just kind of the, – the, the Warriors are going to take a little bit of a step back. I don't see the the Blazers winning 53 games again. Like this, this is going to be more towards the middle. And in the Western Conference last season, it was like the haves and the have-nots. You had to win 48 games just to be in the playoffs. And then the the ninth place team was nine games behind, which is kind of insane. I see it kind of working its way more towards the middle, and this team being right around forty wins. I think it's fair. You, honestly, it made me want to switch to the over. I lo- like love watching this team. They're incredible. Yeah, you know, and, you don't want to root against them. And they're a play by play announcer. If you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Like that's incredible. Love that dude. Um, they're gonna be fun. I just think what you explained with how they're gonna get wins from a team like. Uh, the Timberwolves and get teams from like a wins from a team like the Thunder, 
They're, not even get it, but just retain them. It's but, just gonna re, it's gonna reshuffle. Right, but then the Lakers are better. The Jazz might get more wins in regular season. The Spurs are still the Spurs. It's tough. I think it's it's gonna be right there. I just see them kind of being constant, the same way they were last. I'll, year. I'll tell you what. I said I'm a, if I were a betting man, I would. I feel confident in a lot of my picks. This is a team that I'm not betting the over or the under on. I'm just gonna appreciate them for what they are. We have two more teams to talk about here, so let's get to it before it gets uh, before it becomes Tuesday night. But by the time we finish recording this podcast here, San Antonio Spurs 45 and a half wins every year. Like Duff just said, we always say this is the year the under comes. This is the year the under comes. Frank, is this the year the under comes? Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. You think? I just don't right, see it anymore. Um, you know, Pop is still Pop, and he'll always have the respect that he's gained and all that, but I really truly do believe the talent there is just not good enough to compete with the rest of the West on a day-in, day-out basis. I know they're getting... Their point guard back, I'm forgetting his name right DeJounte now. DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray, but... I Derek mean, White, shout out to him too. After missing an entire season, like, who knows exactly where that guy is going to be at. So, I hate to be that guy, because I, I definitely try not to say anything about, like, the Patriots in football, which is, like, you know, always the comp. Um, Because you, you just don't want to look stupid dying on the hill. Like, oh, you doubted them in year 15 of this 20-year run? or what? You know what I mean? Absolutely, so, man. I hate that I'm saying this, but I really just don't see it. Uh, I don't see the talent, and I don't believe in LaMarcus Aldridge, especially not the way the NBA is headed. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's under. I think it's slight. I think they're still fighting for the playoffs. Um, 45 and a half is just a tad too high for me. Yeah, and I think that's like, what it is. Like, I don't think you're sitting here saying they're going to win 36 games. No. They're going to be an above 500 team, I think. Um, DeMar DeRozan, weirdly, was like a net negative for them. All their lineups without DeMar DeRozan were their net positive lineups last year, which is a weird concept because, I mean, he's still a really talented player. 45 and a half, just a tad too high for me. But it's also, it sounds like Vegas is begging us to take the under again. It sounds like they're begging us, take the under again, they're going to win 47 and shut you up. But that's what it sounds like to me. Duff, what do you think? That's exactly what it sounds like to me. I'm going to take the over. I'm not going to listen to Vegas. You just today, switched Vegas. it, didn't you? I just switched it. I had the under. I'm going to take the over. You know what? I was looking at their rock. I'm look, you talk about talk about the Kings, like a lot of guys I love that, that I really, they, they put passion, whatever. This team has got a, a lot of guys that I begrudgingly like or at least respect when it comes to LaMarcus Aldridge, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Derek White, Patty Mills, Lonnie Walker, who didn't play all of last season, who's going to be back this year, Marco Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes, um, Rudy Gay, Trey Lyles. Like, Think of all these names I'm saying. They, they all ring a bell for you if, you, if you're a big-time NBA fan. And Pop is kind of like Brad Stevens. He does more with less, and he's got those type of guys who are going to listen to him. They're coachable. And they respect him. They res- they respect the Spurs' way of basketball, whatever that is. And Pop is always a guy who's malleable. He'll play. He'll he'll play up tempo, a lot of threes against the the Heat in the finals. Now he's gone more towards slow it down. I'm going to play through the bigs. I'm going to play through the mid high post, low post. I'm going to kick it around to shooters. I think this is like you're saying it's the Patriots. I'm not going to pick against the Patriots. I'm not going to pick against the Spurs. I'm going to take the over until I. Till either me or Pop dies, whichever happens first, I'm taking the over. 
<laughs> I'm taking you on that You're, one. Honestly, though, sorry. I think Duff uh, Pops like, Eternal. Are you the only smart one in the room right yeah, now? Yeah, probably. Like, are me and Frank just so dumb? Like, you're delusionally tired. When you named their roster, I off. don't know if this. I don't know if this is the right pick, but it's a smart. That's that's fair, and I know exactly what you mean by that. When you named all those guys off right there, I just keep thinking to myself, oh, that's a guy Pop can get something out of. That's a guy Pop can get something out of. Like, Trey Lyles has been a mercenary of sorts. He has uh, some shooting talent. He has some size. He's not special at any one point of the of the NBA game. But Pop gets great things out of those guys. Rudy Gay, he, we were all writing him off as an uh, inefficient overrated, overhyped, injury-prone player, and he had one of his best years of his career under Pop last year. Why not the same for all these guys, especially these young guys who can now really come into their own and become lead talent on an NBA team? Like, Is there a chance we look at Lonnie, um, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, and Derek White as an extremely dynamic backcourt trio? I think it's possible. Why did so, you leave like, Patty Mills out? Because he's established. He's too old. He's, he's established. He, enough, he's bro. established already, bro. And he's, he is what he is. Those guys, they, they're still malleable. They, Patty yes. Mills. Something not, and Yaka Pertl, who, who I forgot to mention, to who mention, came yeah. over but they lost for Davis, the Kawhi They trip. lost Davis Bertans. Yes. They did. That Honestly, sucks. Bro. I was actually looking for him. I was like, He's on the he's on the Wizards, by the way. I know. Tough Sad. L for Bertans. He's just going to rip threes all year. That's what he's Bro, sick. he probably <laughs> went there to play with his boy Sadoransky, and Sadoransky was like, Yo. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, bro. You s- I said Chicago. He's like, bro, you signed it already? Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm out. <laughs> you remember that time John Wall bought you a $100,000 watch for being on the team with him one year or whatever? Oh, I don't know God. how much the watches were. It's so crazy. He spent stupid money on it. So we got two unders and an over on the Spurs. Uh, and now we're down to one team. And we actually get to end on a real barn burner. That is the Utah Jazz. 53 and a half. They've been one of the better teams in the Western Conference for the past couple of years. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell took over for Gordon Hayward without uh, slowing down one bit. In fact, maybe picking it up uh, just a bit. This team got better. They added Mike Conley. They added Bojan Bogdanovic. Didn't Bogdan my Bojan there? Um, this team's freaking good. Jingles. The one they still got Jingles. My boy Joe Ingles. They are lacking some dynamic wing playmakers. Like they don't have. Like, their playmaking wing is Joe Ingles. After that, it's like Jeff Green and Royce O'Neal. I like Royce O'Neal a lot more than Jeff Green, but he's also not a playmaker. Does the Conley-Mitchell-Gobert-Ingles foursome carry this team? Oh, and Bogdanovich. Can't forget him. Is this team a 54-win team? Like is, is this team really compete all season long? We've seen them have great second halves, okay-ish playoff runs. Is this a team that puts it all together under Quinn Snyder, under Donovan Mitchell's lead. What do we think about 53-and-a-half on the Utah Jazz stuff? I'm going to smash you over. I don't know what this team's going to do in the – wow, Frank's, Frank is stunned that I just said – I don't know what this team is going to do in the in the playoffs, but I love this as a regular season. They have the same over-under mark as the as – the, um, sorry, just pulling up here – as the Rockets, the Clippers – um, higher than the Lakers, higher than the Nuggets. I think people are going to see that and be like, wait, the Utah Jazz, what the hell is that? This is one where they're begging us to take the under again. I'm going to take the over. I really believe in the infrastructure of Quinn Snyder's team, his defense, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Dante Exum, all these, Boyan Bogdanovich, all those guys you mentioned. I, I really think they'll be able to withstand and it, any of those guys going, getting hurt, going up, going down. Mike Conley can pick up for... For Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell could pick up for Mike Conley. The only real 
un irreplaceable asset they have is Rudy Gobert because he's the stifle tower. He's such a freak on defense. He's so athletic for someone who's seven foot one, two, three, what eight foot tall. However big he is, I'd believe it. Gumby looking I, ass. I, I, I <laughs> not wrong. I believe. <laughs> I believe this team. I believe the infrastructure, and I think they're going to be a tremendous team playoffs again i'm not entirely sure but regular season i see them and and utah is like denver in the sense that they just crush at home they always do it's a long road trip long flight pain in the ass place to get to no matter where you're coming from and, it, and that gives them a distinct home advantage i really like this so i guess i'm going next because duff mentioned my shock look uh it wasn't a shock look of disagreement it was a shock look of my friend just made out with my crush pretty much like <laughs> what the fuck, bro? I wanted to say smash it over, <laughs> you jerk. Um, but, I mean, for any of the reasons he listed, for, for me, I guess, more specifically, uh, I've always liked Mike, Mike Conley as a basketball player and his particularly his style of play. He's a hard-nosed guy, likes to play defense, likes to move the ball. like a, Really what I think of as a traditional point guard in the terms of, like, historical NBA standards. Like, you could put Mike Conley in any era of basketball, and he's probably a really good point guard in that era. Um, so for that reason alone, you put him on a team where it seemingly the system is made for a player like him. Um, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the over on that all day, every day. Um, and I made fun of him. But Gumby ass is the best defender in the NBA. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Pete, speaking of speaking of uh, my your friend making out with your crush or whatever, this Pete let us go first. On yeah. This one. Oh yeah. How are you feeling about we this? Are, Pete, are, this is Pete's squad. Pete he masquerades <laughs> as a Nick fan. He's really a Jazz. Yeah, I I had to like pull back on the reins on my Jazz fandom because of how hipster they became and then how mainstream they even became. I've been a Jazz fan for a Don't long time. Don't be that time. guy. Don't be don't 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 try to push yeah. people away. Welcome them in. Yeah, no, no, stick to your no. I'm not pushing people away. I'm just I'm just holding back my public of, adulation. Like, adulation. Thank you, Frank. Uh, of I got the that Utah Jazz SAT vocabulary. Who's fucking with me? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> From Gumby ass to adulation. <laughs> uh, but the Jazz man, they have started a little slow the past two seasons and really crushed the second half. I think Mike Conley is all you need to say when you talk about adding consistency to this team for a full season. A proven winner, a proven team guy, guy who can shoot, pass, finish at the rim with both hands. The floater game is off the charts, and he plays defense. And then you add Bojan Bogdanovic in there, a guy who proved himself to be a true scorer in this league the past two years. I mean, he was putting the Pacers on his back last year. Boyan is a shooter. Like, you know when guys in rap songs say, I got shooters? Yeah. They're talking about Boyan. <laughs> the shooters, man, they got adulation for, for Boyan. So I'm going to go with y'all on this, and I'm going to st- hit the over two. I'm not smashing it like you, but I will hit this for you. <laughs> because I'm on the over as well, 53 and a half. I think they're just above it. They're in that mix for the top seed in the Western Conference. I think it goes, when it's all said and done, Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz, and then the Clippers and Lakers fight for a 4-5, and we get a Clippers-Lakers 
first round matchup. How's that sound oh, for y'all? Shit. That might be a disappointment, but it will be electric when it happens. I don't know exactly how it's going to break out. I do like the Jazz regular season a little better than the Lakers and Clippers, and that's why I take the over here. This team's deep. This team's know what they're doing. They know their identity. Donovan Mitchell cut down some mistakes. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be really, really good, and I'm excited to see it. I'm not 100% sure about the playoffs, but this team, like like the Nuggets, last can season, roll. They're bit. They'll. They're at least built for the regular season. They can Mike roll. Conley in, in a favorable position. And Donovan Mitchell, both upset Russell Westbrook and the Thunder in the playoffs. Yes. As lower seeds. True. But Kevin Durant wasn't there for either of them. You know. Neither was James Harden. You know, no, well, James Harden was there for the Grizzlies. Um, let's. Good point. Yeah, I mean, we have so many good teams. We really do. I think it's time for us to say goodbye. I love on, you guys. Onto this podcast here. I hope you all enjoyed. For real, though, me, Frank, and Duff made it out into the same place. We're out here in Staten Island recording uh, yeah. in the studio. In, in the, the studio. In Pete Kennedy's studio down in the basement right now. Hit me up if you're trying to book some time. <laughs> and we had a blast. So, Duff, Frank, thank you all for making the trip over here. It was extra special doing these two podcasts, East and West Over-Unders, in person for once. In person. As we often do it over the internet. So, shout out to you guys both. Any last words to... Uh, kick off the NBA season. Can't believe it's Monday already. I'm so excited to watch Zion play against the Raptors and oh, and Pascal Siakam. Oh. I can't wait for that. And we get Lakers Clippers very opening night. What a t- Adam Silver, that guy's a genius. What a treat. What oh, a uh, treat. So, Basketball all right, this is my final guy. this is my final thing. So LeBron is playing on Tuesday, correct? Mhm. Post game, win or loss, are we getting a Taco Tuesday or is it a win only Taco Tuesday? Post? Ooh, it's a win only. You think so? It's a win only. Win only. We got the. Uh, I could see, first game of the season. Kids take himself not too seriously. He's like, oh, we won. You know what that means? Taco Tuesday or we lost, but you know we still get some Taco Tuesday. I could see him. <laughs> I think we get it no matter what. <laughs> All sport fans out there, we are now entering the greatest sport month of the year nfl full swing mlb playoffs maybe the yankees will uh, come back from the astros by the time you're listening to this podcast on monday who knows what's going to happen with that series but we shall see but this is it nfl nba mlb playoffs and some nhl if you care about that type of stuff the best sports month has arrived more sbny podcasts more nba outsider podcasts on the horizon every single week we'll be back talking hoop talking football talking all that fun stuff so thank you so much and if you listen to the east podcast you listen to the west podcast thank you so much for supporting the show if you enjoy it that is just incredible to us. We love every single time somebody shouts out the show or lets us know that they listen. So thank you, especially if you're here an hour and 20 minutes into this podcast. That means the world to us. You're if you stud. like it. You're you savage l- in the box if you're still here. <laughs> Board man, get paid. Yeah. And if you like it, go on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, drop in a rating review. That just really just fucking sets us to cloud nine. Yeah. I'll say it, frankly. So I'm a fun guy. <laughs> what it do baby and that's how we end out the sports blog near podcast today nba outsiders western conference over unders thank y'all for listening